that guy is so fucking hilarious. I love how I opened both of them up to a point where the people who were talking, the people who were talking at this event were the people that I opened up before the event even started. You know, people that were by themselves, not interacting, not communicating. And I went in and I made them show themselves somehow, in one way or another. I let them talk. I, I really let them loosen up big time. And then really, like I was sitting there in the event and the person in front of me, next to me and behind me are, and me, myself, are the most people contributing to the discussion. It was a philosophy meetup. Design meets philosophy. It was done by a design and innovation company. And what they do is that they take businesses and they find innovative solutions to the certain problem that they have by having them think and focus differently. So mainly consulting, but in a, in a new fashion. You give workshops to employees, you change their culture, you change what they focus about and what they focus on and all of that. So beautiful here. <sighs> I want to have, uh, I want to talk about the podcast a little bit. This is going to be an important episode. I realized that because Whenever I'm, I'm taking a walk and I'm recording, I'm not enjoying the walk, you know? <laughs> I'm not in the walk, I'm in the recording. Right now I have a beautiful scene in front of me of a lake and trees with lamps lit under them. And it's, it's gorgeous, right? And, and I think so. <laughs> But I'm talking, so a lot happened the last two weeks. So, so much has happened, man. The last month, you know, Amsterdam, Jordan, Hamburg, and then Berlin. And I moved here with like a carry-on bag with just the essentials, supposedly. But I feel like you always carry too much with you wherever you go. I didn't have to carry that much shit, I think. Uh, my carry-on shouldn't be that full should still have some type of space but uh, regardless like me and Moose uh, met his girlfriend lovely girl Sara Naeem uh, artist to, to the core so we met the second we met she's like yo gave her a ginger shot had ginger shots with me from Hamburg and then we went to check out some art galleries uh, around Berlin so we went to like four or five then went to a meeting where a meetup where it was this Scandinavian artist, I have no fucking idea what his name was, but he was wearing this like big ass purple robe, and yeah, he was like this Viking that looked like a like a backup dancer from the 80s, but at the same time really alpha. You know, he's a muscular big guy, so it was a funny mix. But he's an artist, you know. I think he has to. I think he has to be unique. It's his persona, and it's his brand, it's his everything. And he created this art piece of a VR journey that he's trying to represent visually what DMT is like. 
So visually, how do you really represent something like DMT? DMT is a very strong psychedelic, if not the strongest. It puts you through, haven't taken it yet, but it puts you through this uh, spiritual awakening you don't get with much else. It quickly puts you through this entire different world, but it's like a dream. You don't get too much back from it unless you sit down and write afterwards. And he, how do you represent something like that visually? Like I, I should have appreciated what he did a bit more, because like they had a talk in front of us, and then they had three headsets in the exhibition. So you'd sit down, and you would. For 15 minutes, it was a sorry, a 14 minute experience that you had to go through. You put headphones on. There's music, and there's the experience. You start in this room. The music was pretty intense, like doof, doof, doof. Like I was dancing to it while I was in the <laughs> virtual world, more or less. And it was this video you went through, this, let's say, 360 video that you were watching from a first-person perspective that's just observing things from the outside. And to like he moves you around. Sometimes you're following this character. The perspective changes, like you're watching him from above, you're watching him from the bottom. And you can see all around you. He's trying to represent that idea of, of perception, of rebirth. So the character that you're following at the beginning, he's smoking DMT. Uh, he's made out of this golden shape type of thing in this like weird ass room with a statue of an octopus, a huge octopus behind him that some looked somewhat cute. It didn't look scary, but like I wouldn't say cute. It just looked weird. It's not like a beautiful, cute uh, fairy tale octopus, it was just a DMT octopus. And every time it was trying to grab this character, he, like the octopus tentacles were going around this guy, the guy would smoke and they would loosen around him, loosen and loosen, and then he smoked one last one, and then the octopus just fucking stabs him from the back with the tentacle. So the guy is sitting on the desk uh, with his computer smoking DMT and from behind this octopus kills him and throws him and then you're in a different world and things are happening and like there's a tornado and like the octopus and the character come back and now they start walking and they meet this other character who is made out of uh, like also like a golden statue they're all somewhat the same material and then like the horse uh, and the guy on the horse with the sword like samurai sword joins them and they keep going and the music is intense and everything's moving fast and like they die two more times and there's another character that comes in and then the guy jumps into water and he gets eaten by sharks like it was a visually graphic thing but like come on like he's i, I think that's what he was trying to do he was trying to represent death and rebirth but different parts of your psyche that go through that but i don't think dmt i haven't taken dmt but i don't feel like it's like that but, you know, he wanted to represent something visually that's very hard to represent, so good for him. He, he did a fun job. Like, I was one of the first people who tried it, you know, there's three VR headsets and, like, maybe a hundred people. And I was sitting next to, I was sitting in the front row. I went to get a drink and I came back and someone took my seat, even though my jacket was on the seat. And I had the only seat that was left in the front row was the up, like, complete corner. And next to me was this old woman who's like kept on taking glances at me every now and then. But she was wearing a pink bracelet, like a party bracelet, that was 
on the artist's wrist as well. So they both had the same, the same wristband. I assumed they might have both come from Scandinavia together and like they're going to the same event and she's sitting in the front rows. I thought she was, she was this guy's wife. So I asked her like before the interview, like the discussion ends, they're talking about VR implications in art in the future and how psychedelics are being taken by people to create funky stuff by people in Silicon Valley and whatnot. And, you know, like these people in Silicon Valley that you keep hearing of that keep taking psychedelics or microdosing or anything like that. You know, sure it's fun and sure, sure like it's gonna give you a different perspective always. But, you know, it takes a very specific type of brain to be able to to utilize this stuff properly. I, I, I don't think, uh, what I'm trying to say is I don't think everyone should think like, oh, these people are microdosing, I should microdose too. And not that they're better or worse than you are. They're, they think they're doing what they think is do, what's best for them. But I don't, you can't be sure of that, right? Anyways, just because I've heard it often, like this artist was saying how you know, everyone's taking psychedelics, so don't worry about them. Uh, everyone in Silicon Valley and whatnot. So that's what's, that's the norm, you know, everyone's gonna start microdosing. You know, you shouldn't feed that into people's brains so quickly and so casually, you know, it's a big deal. Uh, even though I want to start a company called Tripsitters, it's a big deal, you know. <laughs> it has to be a proper journey done right, under the right conditions, and to know what you want from it. This is why you need to be guided sometimes. Wait a second. Uh, part of me didn't even feel like uh, recording right now. It's funny. Because I decided I want to make some changes. Since like I'm, I'm missing out on the times where I can just walk and reflect without having to think about how someone's thinking about my reflections. It's not as if I'm not doing that, you know. I do do like I do think about how I think a lot by myself or like talking to myself. But in a, in a way that that works for me because you're thinking and talking somewhat. You say like five out of the 100 words that your mind thinks and, you're, and then you just say like yeah yeah to yourself <laughs> oh thinking you know, like uh, i think a lot of people do that but i i i think like you need to go through your thoughts man and sometimes you need the quiet to do that i want to build a type of lifestyle that has that structure and quiet at some point you know right now I'm staying at a friend's place uh two girls in a room and me and they talk a lot, you know, that's, uh, they're fun and they're lovely and they're great people, but they're just, they're, they always have to be talking. If there's someone in the room, you know, even if you're just not doing anything and you're just sitting there, they're talking to you, which is fun, you know, I have, I like the company, but uh, it's noisy, <laughs> it's a lot of noise all the time. Um, So yeah, I can't wait to have that. So like right now, I feel like I'm I'm a seed beneath concrete, a seed underneath concrete, and it's uh, like I got this analogy from I Ching, uh, type of old 
it's an old book that's supposed to be it's called the way of change and it works in a weird way <laughs> but at the end of the day it's just talking about the these the, the way of how things change compared to yin and yang like how things are supposed to move or not move and when i read like i asked a question i asked you you don't ask something you say a statement of a path that you can go forward in the future and then it just gives you a random statement of a 2000 let's say a thousand page book you get a certain combination of things that you throw that form into a hexagram and the hexagram is a weird it's weird to explain it's not a hexagon it's a hexagram so hex means six and gram is, is a unit of measurement <laughs> uh, and i did that and i i asked the question i, I, I the statement i said was will i no i will i will be an educator and the then it gave me a random text from from the book itself and i read that and what it said was the seed under the ground no matter what will find a way to to crack out of the out of the concrete and and grow and it kind of came at such a right time because man look at me like i'm in berlin which is awesome because like i'm in one of the most international cities in the world with so much substance and so much shit going on so many people and people that i can communicate with very effectively because they speak english and that's so great and you know i have maybe 500 euros in my bank account uh, every month the insurance takes uh, 100 my gym takes 20 my spotify subscription takes five and something else takes another 10. so all of those together i don't know how much but i have 500 in my account so that's more or less three months of automatic payments and i'm broke so within three months, within one month, I have to have some sort of income coming in somehow that can help me sustain myself in, in a way. And at the same time, I have to find a job so that within two years, within 18 months, I, I, I have a job because my visa is only for 18 months. And two years in total after I start working, I get to apply for the passport. So I'm in Berlin. I just graduated. I don't have any money barely any i'm sleeping on a mattress at a friend's place and let's see what happens you know my brother's coming back in a few days and he's gonna rent uh, a room or an apartment and i'm gonna stay with him during that time so like i have i have a roof over my head throughout the entire process you know i'll, I'll always find a place to sleep and i'm not gonna starve and i'm allowed to stay in the country for the next 18 months so this is why like i'm really I don't see any reason to hold myself back from, from the city. Uh, I went through, you know, four years of living in different places and, and going abroad, and now I'm thrown here like a seed, and it's just a city of concrete that I have to fucking own. I have to own the city. Uh, little by little, man, start small. So I went to an event today, a design event by Ming Labs. When I read about Ming before I went, and Ming was like uh, a Chinese symbols written, uh, two symbols together, and one symbol means sun, and one symbol means moon, and it's this balance of of 
yin and yang that that Ming represents, and the place is called Ming Labs. So how we can facilitate change within companies, and I will do that. You know, like I am all about change and and design. And what they do is they consult companies, they see how they're looking at things, looking at them right, looking at them wrong, and they try to change the processes. They try to change where they're going and the direction they're taking to see what's right or what's wrong. And they gave examples about that. But the discussion was about design meeting philosophy, and the guy went and talked about that. And he was really engaging, he did a good job, but like most people who communicated, were me and the people around me and then like three other people from the other side maybe there were like a hundred people in the entire thing and five people were taking care of the discussion and three of them were part of my flock because I'm a part of my flock but I really like that like I love how I go into places not knowing anyone and I leave with uh, with people you know like really saying like who's this dude and after the talk and after everything like I go and I want to grab myself a wine and I didn't have a glass so I bump into this guy and I'm like yo uh, do you know where there's a glass like uh, <laughs> and he, he starts helping me look for a glass and I look at him and I'm like oh shit you're the founder of this company he's like no I'm the co-founder but yeah let's find you a glass and he helped me find a glass and all of that and then I looked at him and I'm like yo you're the co-founder uh, what does it take for someone to work here but then, then I continued, but specifically, what would it take? And like, I smiled, it was very like, uh, I don't know how I did that, you know, this was, <laughs> I don't know how I did that, you know, it's just like, just, I, I, I did it. And I was like, yeah, what does it take for me specifically to, to work here? And he started laughing, he's like, yeah, like I take care of the culture, like I'm, I make sure that the, that the person is a cultural fit and whatnot. And then like next to him comes this guy whose name is Guy and he's from Israel and like I'm from Palestine. Like we joke about that for a second and we realize like we're both cool about it. And he tells me how much he wants hummus and he likes hummus. I'm like, yeah, I'll make you hummus, don't worry. And he's like, okay, so your duty to win this interview is like to, like we always field test people on case studies. Your case study will be to make us hummus. I'm like, yeah, dude, I'll make hummus for fucking everyone in the office, let me just text my mom and tell her uh, <laughs> tell her to give me a good recipe. He's like, dude, you shouldn't ever tell people your secrets, you know, you should have acted as if like you were the king of hummus. And I'm like, ah, oh, but I didn't tell you what the secret ingredient was. <laughs> so he laughed again, like continued. And then like next to us, coming in, and I look at her and I like smile the second she starts walking towards us, she looks like a really happy, open, good lady. Uh, she walks in, like I smile to her and like the, the, the co-founder of the company and this other business development lead dude, they're, they're not looking at her for some reason. And I, I just keep looking at her and then she like automatically, because I'm giving this person attention and they noticed that they opened up the circle a little bit to let her in I was I felt like she was a stranger to them and they didn't know how to let her into the group but it turned out that she she's the HR manager of the company and she's uh, she's been there for two days like she just started too so then like 
to empathize with her, I started telling her about how, or asking her about how, how it is like to be new here, and how's your experience, and how's blah blah blah. We have to, like such a lovely conversation, and so like I was in a situation where I'm standing next to the co-founder, the guy that I am going to work with, the business dude, the business design guy. I don't know what the fuck his title is exactly. I have his card, so I'll have to look at that again. And the uh, HR manager, you know, and I'm here just asking them about how I can get a job at their company. And I'm carrying the conversation so well. And then I start playing ping, ping pong with Guy. We play ping pong together and he beats me twice. 19 to 21, 19 to 21. Both times. We played twice and it was both times 19 and 21. Or was it the second time 18? Because that's what I'm going to write in the subject email. 18, 21, 19, 21. And then just put my CV in. Tell him, uh, yeah, looking forward to making you hummus. <laughs> no, no, no. Say the hummus is ready. Just let me know when I should bring it over. And just send that as an email. <laughs> Fuck being professional for a second, man, you know? Um, so yeah, like I, I told them like why I feel, they asked, they asked me like why I think this is for me. And I told them like I, I, I did online courses and I feel like design and training is for me. And I think I do, I think do explain concepts really well to people. And I want to have that opportunity to put it in this perspective with people like you. And they like that answer, I think. Plus, like, I was super verbal and super with it. Because, uh, like, when we were having that philosophy discussion, this park is so beautiful, it's fallen, like, the leaves are falling. I always wanted to have the logo of the podcast have a branch in it somehow and the moon behind the branch I think I'll have to see how I can do that somehow uh, so to continue yeah we played ping pong he gave me his card we were in the discussion the philosophy discussion and at some point you know at the beginning I wanted to say something but I didn't and then I could feel my heart rate increasing and I wasn't afraid for a second, but then again, my heart rate is increasing. My body is like preparing itself and is activating itself. And it's funny because usually if I had the same feeling back four years ago, five years ago, okay, I would have tried to face it. Man, like 15 years ago, 20 years ago, like <laughs> I used to get really nervous. I used to get so, so red. I'm so nervous, I wouldn't know how to how to fucking talk to anyone. And now that it, it just comes so naturally that I can... I can just feel it and be so okay with it, but then understand it and then just keep going. And communicate myself and talk, because like philosophy, man, it's like at some point he was asking questions of change and what is change and what is... But I'm like, he mentioned how change is the the foundation of, of reality and like how it's, it's the main principle of everything and I corrected him and I told him that that wording is wrong how things change is the principle of reality and how things change leads to how things design themselves through an intelligent process an intelligent process that we represent through the things that we design ourselves and I laid that out maybe a bit faster than I would have liked, I think, if I just talked a bit slower and controlled the room a bit more, 
could have done better. Because this dude in front of me, this, he's, he's like this black dude, he's like this younger version of Kanye West but for, for fashion. And he makes his own music, his name is Millennium. <laughs> Millennium. <laughs> his name is Millennium, dude. His name is Millennium. Uh, his name is uh, Jamaica. Wasn't Jamaica? Jamaica. What a name. Uh, <laughs> he, he was wearing this jacket that just was so out there, but it had the mandala on the back, the circle that represented itself differently. And that's how I opened the conversation. And I was talking to him and all of that. And like, I really went to his level very quickly. Like I understood how this guy is like Kanye West very early on with how he says, you know, good vibes, ha ha ha, awesome. Yo brother, how's blah, blah, blah. And then I just laid it out to him like, dude, I've been here for a week and I think the city is going to be fucking mine. <laughs> uh, because ex I knew exact, I knew he would like that I would say that. And I did also feel it. And I wanted to show that specific side to me to that specific person so they know that I can relate to them with how ambitious they are and how they're doing that. And I just showed it in the way that's best for this person, but was also me. And I liked that because I was really connecting with everyone. Like I, I was just vulnerable when I needed to be talked about their, the deeper things that are under what they're saying a bit more and why they pursue this or why they... Like I'm connecting a lot more than I, I was ever able to... to I, could have not, I couldn't do this like a long time. I couldn't connect to people the way I'm connecting to them now a long time ago. For shit, man. Like being vulnerable is such a good thing like just telling people how something might have affected you negatively but that you but you don't stick on it too much you don't make it that big of a problem but at the same time you just give it and you tell it to everyone that you know this is me and i'm human too you're human too and you can show me that no problem so for example this other person that i was i think the park might end here i would hate if it would end here i thought it might be an entire loop. Ah, it is. Okay. So, <laughs> relating to people and stuff. I read this book about this introvert who starts the book off by saying, playing this game of I tell you an insecurity, all you're allowed to say is okay, and then you tell me an insecurity, and all I'm allowed to say is okay. I played that with a few people, now I'm just so, more, so much more capable of explaining my insecurities you know and then when you know them and you explain them and it's you're okay with it it's so much easier to deal with them as, as things that don't define you that much you know i think we attach to these things way too much and they really really why why do they define you in any sense why should they for a fucking second define you you're you have control over how you change all you have to do is follow a proper process and then you'll do it and this is exactly why I want to go into consulting and training. I think I can really give it to people on how they're performing and how they're doing and really have them focus on the things that they need to focus on. I think I'll be a really good coach. And I've seen that with me around my friends, how like they'd need to do something like I'd be motivating, but in the right way that they'd need to be motivated. No, not always. I'm not, I'm not God, I'm not Superman. Sometimes you give people your opinion and they're like, fuck off. I'm fair enough, you know, it's their life. <laughs> Good stuff. So yeah, I, I, I think this episode is necessary for me to just talk the way I'm talking. 
but a lot of the times it feels like when I'm recording and I'm talking like I'm just I feel like I'm going to lose time and I feel like I need to say a lot very quickly you know when in reality there can be moments of silence man it doesn't always need to be so noisy you know it doesn't need to be so damn noisy everything so like if in a few years I'm in Japan and I'm sitting in a backyard and I don't feel like talking at all and I just turn on the mic and I put it there so that you guys can hear the fact that I'm also hearing nothing or maybe birds or fish swimming next to me and that that's the episode this is how I feel this week and that's what you'll hear from me you know and that's that's more of what this needs to to be in a way but also I feel like I've put I've put myself no limits on the process of the podcast itself or the the episodes I told myself I will record and upload every week but I didn't set limits on the those recordings right to create something different I feel to find growth like right now I have this concrete I have to grow out of the podcast itself doesn't have any any structure or limit for it to to define itself by it's just so undefined and so free roaming and I'm just me talking so I think I should use segments of time within you know I'm doing this for seven more years right segments of time like I say for the next three months this quarter that's 12 episodes you know four four weeks per month three months uh, that's 12 weeks for 12 episodes every episode is going to be less than 15 minutes or shorter than 15 minutes and do that for three months you know maybe release like every month uh, uh, midnight reflections about like saying what's going on in my life in general funny situations just because I think it's important to have some type of record about how I'm perceiving my certain states right now sometimes I feel like do I want to try and imagine what I was going through when I was recording something or do I want to listen to the words that I'm saying or do I want to you know try to remember how it felt being here in this park right now walking around uh, it's fall like I'm in Berlin all of these are happening but but uh, this is another part of me that feels like I'll forget how this feels because I'm going to be feeling something very different later on and I'm never going to be in this exact perspective again and it's true if anything any other perspective I try to imagine that's similar to this one is going to be another perspective later on viewing this from a very different lens so I'm not going to have that attachment to it that you usually crave from a memory or a moment and that sometimes is it's limiting I feel like I might lose the moment I feel like how come memories don't taste so sweet anymore a lot of life feels like it's being it's moving too fast and what is it for me here to enjoy really what game can I play but I think I'd like playing this game I always told myself as a kid that I wanted to play the game I want to fucking play the game I want to be in the game and I want to fucking show people how the game is played 
And I never defined what game was. I always just, as a kid, I thought, you know, the adult game. I'm gonna be in that game, whatever the fuck it is. I'm gonna Rockefeller that shit. And I'm gonna fucking own it. I'm gonna own all of it. <laughs> I always thought that way. I always felt like, you know, I'm gonna start this game, I'm gonna fucking play it, and fucking explode. And <laughs> now I'm literally in the best position of my life to start playing this game. I'm in Berlin with zero responsibility or attachment to anyone but my own well-being. With nothing to lose and fucking everything to gain if I just keep moving and keep hustling. <laughs> That's it. So limits, man, are so good because otherwise I'd have nothing to grow out from. You know, I need to grow out from this whatever state I'm in right now. I have to be able to lift it and carry it off my back and take on this other weight. And that goes back to the squats, man. Wow. So I, I did them for the first 25 days and then took one day off because really it felt right to do. It wasn't me being lazy have to talk about this, <laughs> it's important. I just felt like that was what my body needed. Really, like my legs, after 25 days of doing 100 squats a day and not resting one day, felt like they needed rest. And like next day I felt so fucking great. And like some days, like there's been two days where I did like 50 instead of 100, because it also felt like my legs needed to relax. That's what I needed to to do for them. Let them relax. Uh, but like most days that I do do the 100 squats, I, don't, I never do 100. I do 125, 150, sometimes 200. So like I'm sure cumulatively right now this entire process, it's been almost a month and a half now. I... I did at least an average of 100, push 100 squats a day. So for me, like, I'm good. Sometimes you just have to listen to your body. There's nothing wrong in not. But, like, it was really hard. It felt, it felt harder the day after I took the break to do it again, you know? Just felt like then, oh, like, it's a bit of an effort. I would have regretted that day off if I didn't continue. But I knew I was going to continue. There is no need, there is no, no... It's not necessary to feel the feeling I felt because I know I can trust myself to do what I tell myself to do. That's it. I think it's so important to match the image of how you act with the image of how you think you should act if you thought you could act the best way that you could. And I know I can act better. Because that's what all of this fucking is, is just an act. I have to know exactly the right combinations of words to say in front of the right people with the, in the right way, at the right time, with the right energy. And keep doing that and keep adjusting that. Like even, even now, like I talk to these okay important people at this company and I might get a placement and that would be convenient and easy. But... When I was saying goodbye to both the founder and the business dude, guy, 
I shook their hands. Neither of them made eye contact with me. Neither of them looked at me. And I don't know what, uh, what to say about that. Is it just that they're too drunk and they're intimidated? Because if we work together, we have to be, we have to draw a line, you know? And they like were too open around me, too drunk, and they didn't want me to see them drunk like that. This is why I think it's best like after having a good moment playing the ping pong and all of that to just fucking leave to get out of there instantly. You left your you left your, you left mark you left your mark. You put it there. It's awesome. Leave. Staying there just removes a lot of that magic. But you know, part of me didn't want to leave because I was having fun meeting other people. But I got what I wanted. I should have left. So next time I'll leave. So I'm going to another business event tomorrow. But before before that on Monday I went to two different companies that also do this design training and coaching and consulting and workshops and, and whatnot, training people in companies, giving them workshops. I'd love to do that as a job, man. And there's companies doing that. And I, I am really good at that in a way that all of you aren't. And I can show you that, you know, like how open and easy and, and quick to the point I can be and to get it across to the person that needs to get it across but also be aware of the relationships happening between the people in the group that you're training too it's so fucking important who says what and what level they're at all of them and try to elevate all of them best way possible together man so yeah and i'm thankful for to mun for that experience you know i felt like when i was chairing and i was looking at at the, my my delegates you know who should i let talk you you're deciding who to let talk, you're facilitating who gets to discuss. And sometimes you feel like people need to say something, you know? And okay, this person is going to affect that person, okay? But like behind the scenes of what they're saying, these two people are probably flirting. That person probably hates that guy. And this guy is going to keep making trouble. So how do I fix this quickly? <laughs> I always felt like really good at that, like setting, setting, a, setting a good atmosphere. Like for example, like in, in two years ago when I chaired the Taman, I had 50 delegates and it was one of the nicest experiences. And the first day, the first day exactly, what I made sure I did was I gave them a speech at the beginning, a five minute speech or four, that explained to them how this is exactly a game we're playing. This is exactly where you fail, where you make mistakes, because no one's going to remember these mistakes, but later on in your life, this is going to change things. You here right now are making the world a better place. Like you, pu you pump people up, man. You make them realize what the f why the fuck they're doing what they're doing. And then they'll do it like crazy. But quickly, like it showed them that I'm understanding, I'm fun and I'm all of that. But then afterwards, I had my co-chair continue the letting them discuss and all of that. And I went behind the entire like auditorium, the entire place, and I just started pacing back and forth behind them without them <laughs> being able to see me, basically. I'm just standing behind them, walking, pacing back and forth. Uh, but slowly, you know? And with the right amount of noise, it's not like I calculated that or anything. But you just 
know that, okay, I made you know that I'm fun, I made you know that all of this is, is, is going down, but I am the one in charge here. It's not... I, I am the one in charge here. That's funny. You have to have respect for your authority, man. And I, I somehow felt like I did that right. Okay, but like, okay, maybe that was a bit too much. You can do it differently. And it's not like I did it for an hour and a half. I did it for like 15 minutes. But uh, the next day, my co-chair came to me and she told me that someone complained about the fact that I was walking behind them because they felt like they were too intimidated. <laughs> well, how, how weak of a character do you have to be to fucking go to someone and, and say that? You know, someone walking behind you for 15 minutes made you feel intimidated. Uh, okay, maybe in a dark park at 2 in the morning like I'm doing right now, that can be the case. <laughs> Guys, help me imagine like getting mugged and having that recorded. Fuck, that's probably going to happen at some point. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> will I be prepared? Uh, so yeah, so when my, when my co-chair came to me and told me that, and I was like, yeah, but like, you know, that's the point, you know, if they have to feel intimidated. <laughs> Shit, man, like, okay, I didn't say that mean. But she wouldn't have any of it. She didn't know how to be receptive of my point of view of how I think a group should be led, you know? Everyone has their idea of how to lead, but then they see that while you, your idea of leading is passing, they're in fact being led, you know, they're not leading, they're being led. And, and they realize that and then some are good with it and they cope with it and they lead too and, and they know how to manage that domain. And others, some actually realize, okay, I need to be led, uh, but they hate it deep down inside. And some will have that, will not have that at all, you know, they will keep fighting. And it's so important to be in places where you see those type of clash, clashing in leaders. You see it in groups when people are talking over a drink, you know, someone who's making people laugh and coming and, and controlling what people are talking about. And then someone else comes in who does exactly that, but because now they're doing it, the other guy can't do shit. But if you're smart, you don't want to piss off the other guy. You want to give him some light too. So you have to, if you think that they, they're worth giving that type of light, like if I find an asshole, I'm usually just going to make him feel like shit, even, even more, you know, subconsciously, just because... But if I thought, you know, no, this person, I need him on my side, he'd be cool to... to he's also cool, like someone I want to fucking talk to and hear from. You give them points too. And this is why like, I have people in my life like Jan and, and Leith, they're amazing at that, you know? They'll... They'll give you the right amount of attention to everyone in the group and control the frame completely. So this is why I want to put both of them in a room and see what happens. I think that would just be cool. I think that would be a very cool thing. So yeah, putting limits on the podcast, having, first off, not having to always talk. Second, having limits where, okay, for the next... Uh, three months for the next 12 episodes I'll have episodes that are shorter than 15 minutes focused on one or two things probably just one thing and just do that for for that uh, for that long see 
next time what type of limit I can impose. Okay, the next 10 episodes are going to be motivational uh, recordings, you know, me being motivated with some background music, and I'll do 10 of those, you know, just to practice and see what type of beats I can use, when I should uh, do this or do that, and have that for for like 10, 10 weeks. The next 10 weeks, I'm fucking trying out making music on Fruity Loops <laughs> and posting posting that, like composing my own music online and, and just posting that somehow. I think that would be hilarious. I do, I, I might do that, you know, but later on. So the podcast doesn't just need to be words, man. It's an expression of art that can be anything, really. And it's just up to my imagination what I can, I can do with it, I think. Doing this... Um, Recording like this for the longest time made me feel off, made me feel like there's a very bad energy in me. And I just sat, the other day I just sat down and I focused on that bad energy and kept asking myself, like, where is this coming from? It feels like it's coming from the podcast. Every time I think about recording, every time I think about, first I'm holding on to way too much in my head of, of everything that I said beforehand, trying to keep track of, of some type of narrative that I'm, that I'm moving on. You know, at least not repeat the same thing in two different episodes. Remember the things that I said then and say them. Say some other things. Uh, what am I going to say about things that I already said? Uh, I just felt like that in itself is taking too much space. And just my approach in general of recording and uploading is just fucking lazy. You know, I'm just doing the easiest thing that I can do. Um, sitting and talking, smoking a joint, just like I, I, just like I always do, you know. Um, so imposing limits on yourself, man, just because <laughs> why the fuck not, man? I, I want to own this city, I want to own myself, and I think to own it, I need to own myself. There's no reason to be afraid, there's no reason to anything. So I went and I visited those two design companies this Monday, and I, I went. They, luckily, their offices weren't far from each other. That was about. Uh, 15 minutes walk distance from, from each other. So I go to this first company and I walk in and I meet this Indian dude that's, that has a meeting with them and I help him find the way and we go inside and I walk in. There's only three people and it's in the morning and, and they just started their day, I think. And I look at the person that looks the most in charge and I tell her like, hey, I'm, uh, I came here to ask what it, what it takes for me to work here. And she took it, she took it a bit off. She, she didn't know what the fuck uh, is going on. But she was just the office manager, so she didn't know how to deal with that. She's like, the trainers will be here at some point, come, and we'll arrange something. But uh, she mentioned that she didn't like the walk-in, but I just laughed. And she gave me her email, and I didn't write her yet. I'll write her, I'll write her tonight, or tomorrow morning. Probably, probably not tomorrow morning either. <laughs> So then I left and I went to this other place and I, this place is a bit more fancy. The first place I went to, by the way, oh, I talked to the, they had an intern called uh, Alexander and I saw his uh, LinkedIn before going there. He was a funky dude, like I wanted to check out the intern because uh, there's just 15 people and if they'd hire me, I'd have to see the profile of, of the person, type of person that they were hiding. Like I would be an intern too, I wouldn't be, uh, like I don't know what the fuck I'd be if I worked there. It would be good to have an idea of what you'd uh, be if you'd work there. Yeah, it would. Uh, I told them like I'd support the training. I'd 
do shit like that. I'd support the training and do shit like that. I went to the other, to the other office, to this other, um, this other thing. Uh, they they were they're called Dark Horse, which I like the name. You know, it gives for a nice brand if you want to train and stuff. And I went there in person, and I they have 60 employees, so they're just bigger. I got to the building, I went to the upper floor, and I saw these dudes sitting in front of a table, and I said, hey, hi. They're like, yo, I'm like, hey, guys, uh, I'm here, and I, I want to be a trainer. And I wanted to talk to a trainer to see what it would take for me to be a trainer here. And they, they both look at me, they don't understand me the first two times I say it, and then I have to slow down again, because no one fucking walks into any, any place to ask for, for anything like that. And I walk in, I'm like, yo, like, dude, uh, I want to be a trainer, so, like, who can I talk to? And they're like, oh, then it's best if you just send an email. Uh, the people here, uh, they're, they're not here, or, or he said something stupid. And I'm like, dude, but, uh, so there's no trainer here for me to talk to right now? He's like, yeah, there are, but they're, they're busy, you know, doing uh, work. And I was like, already I had enough of this guy in my brain, you know. I was like, well, this guy is not going to help me. I didn't, I didn't come here to go back home and send emails, you know. And then I walk, and I see this guy leaving this, the office where, when I talked to the first guy, he made the impression that the trainers are in that direction with his hand. So I knew they were in that room, and the guy left that room. So I went to him, and I was like, hey, are you a trainer? He's like, no. I'm like, then I, who's a trainer here? I'm, I want to be a trainer. I want to see what it would take. And he paused a bit, smiled, and he started pointing to people for me, man. He's like, oh, uh, I asked him, like, who would I need to talk to, actually? And he was like, okay, you wouldn't need to talk to her. Okay, she's a trainer, and she's a trainer, these two. And then when he pointed at these two, one of them made eye contact with me, and I was, like, directly in front of her, so I just started the conversation immediately. There was no waiting, you know, there's no... There's no room for hesitation for a fucking second. And I walk in and I pause and I look at her, I smile and I tell her I want to be a trainer with my hands on her desk, like very comfortable, um, like I went into a very comfortable position very quickly. And she's like, oh, you want to be a trainer? Uh, that's pretty brave of you to come here. And like she was impressed and all of that. And I'm like, yeah, I just want to see what it would take. And then she's like, yo, I'm busy now, but uh, come by for lunch and we'll... Uh, We'll talk about it, you know, like, I'll tell you about it over lunch. I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, I didn't expect this to go like this. <laughs> and I expect this to, to escalate so quickly. So I thanked her and asked her when she'd go for lunch. She told me, like, around 12.30 to 1. I told her, wow, that's, that's so nice of you. Um, I think that was the mistake. I think I should have, at that point, mentioned that I trained and did workshops and did courses and whatnot. But I just said, oh, that's very nice of you. I wrote my name on a paper, on a post-it note for her. And then I wrote my name, my number, and then I put a smiley face next to, next to my name. I'm like, okay, and here's a smiley face for you too. And I give her the, I give her the, the post-it. And then I look back at her and I see her face and I see hesitation in her face. I see the fact that she thought right then and there that she made a mistake and she shouldn't have offered so casually to have lunch with me. I saw that in her face, but I walked away. I was like, thank you, I'm looking forward to seeing you, and I left. But 
No, you know, I saw hesitation in her face. I could have done something. I could have then told her about my experience as a, as a, as a trainer, as a workshop. I should have showed her, shown her more, because I didn't show her anything about about my capacity as a trainer, besides the fact that I have enough boss to go up to to her in person and tell her that. So it was 11 and I had nothing to do till 12.30 or 1. So I went to a park and I called my dad, talked to him for a little bit and he's sick. And then I, uh, I might call him now, I should. And then I sat in the park for like an hour and a half waiting to get a phone call or text that tells me to meet someone for lunch and it never came and then I went to the gym and went to see my brother that's pretty uh, pretty weird no and it makes you ask yourself like should I go back <laughs> should I go back and talk to her again or talk to another trainer I don't know. But I'm in the city and I have nothing to hold me back. Except myself. That's all I know. I'm thinking about bartending. I think bartending would be fun to do for a phase in my life. Just to make money on the side if I don't find a job real quick. Like, I think what it would take is 50 printed CVs that are tailored to places that are establishments, bars, clubs, uh, whatever, restaurants. And go there one day and just give it, give, have a route to take 30 companies and just one day send, go to all of those places and give all of them a CV. Talk to the owner, talk to anyone there for a little bit and then Leave, leave that, and then come back after three days to all of those same places. I can guarantee that you'd get a job if you do that within the span of four days. One of them has to say yes, just one. And then you have some place to start and making a little bit of money. Um, and I think I should really do that. But now that after this situation happened with me and uh, this company today, I feel like they might hire me. But the fact that they didn't look me in the eye before leaving, I feel as uh, a red flag, complete red flag. I don't think I want to work here. I don't think I fit with these people. I feel like they can be cool and they, they're bright and all of that. But I would always think to myself that they're not smart in the right direction. They're not smart in the right direction. Maybe they are. I saw them drunk and not functioning uh, at their best. Funny because, like after the design presentation, I there was a case study given by the general manager of the company, Michael, and he gave the most boring case study presentation I've seen in my life. The entire point was that the company had a problem and was looking at it very wrong. They came in, helped them see it was right, had struggles doing that, and that was the story. 
Instead of telling us about the human aspects of what's happened, he started giving us really information, like heavy, heavy information. He, uh, you know, this person, that person, this employee is this, and that employee is that, and the company was doing this, and he explained too much about filters, and the company does filters, and he had to understand fucking filter companies and, and filter business very quickly and try to find exactly who the right person is that they need to focus on and satisfy for the entire business model to change for them to succeed. Which is fair enough, but just man, explain it better, you know, and... I did the mistake of showing him that I disapprove of the way that you presented, because I told him to his face, like I think, like after the entire thing was, was done, after the entire thing was done, I went up to him very quickly, talked to him for a little bit, and I told him before anyone really listened, no, he said, he told us a fun story about what happened. I, sh I told him that's what you needed to share with us, this, this fun story. Not all of that information. He just gave me too much information, too fast. That wasn't engaging. And that wasn't right. Uh, but I think he took it well. You know, he said that he did the presentation in one day. And now thinking about it, he had so much details in this presentation. He did that in one day, like he put effort into this. But what I was suggesting is that you should have put less effort for, to make it better. And no one likes that. I gave him a hug, a hug before he left, though. So, we'll see. We'll see. I'm becoming better with people. I think. I like that. I think I need to always be better with people, with everyone, everyone, anyone. I need to be able to get on everyone's level very quickly. That's it. And this is what I think is somewhat wrong with being around my brother so much and very right because I mimic my brother a lot. We talk a lot, a lot the same way. We talk a lot the same way, really. I really absorb this guy big time and Jan too. I absorb people, man. I'm a mimic. I really absorb from people how they do stuff and I do it. I like them better than them. But I have to absorb it from someone who really knows how to do it. And working at this company with these people, it didn't feel like there was someone that I can absorb like that. Maybe Michael a little bit, the guy was really, really knowledgeable. Like I want to see him actually in a business setting where he's actually focusing on these things rather than trying to present about it. I hope that would be a very different type of experience with him. I really hope so. But uh, they need to never know that I'm talking about them on the podcast. <laughs> I realize that can be an issue, right? Confidentiality agreements and, and whatnot have to start hiding stuff from you guys. Not a thought that excites me. Just taking a breath and reevaluating where everything is every now and then. Like while sitting watching the, the first discussion, like a quick going through of the names of everyone you went, you met so far. And then you continue focusing again. Like I was so focused in a way that I like today with people that I don't know. Like I can enter a room with people I don't know and really 
like even right now I was uh, I don't know it's important but like a lot of what's happening to me I feel is going to inspire how the smoke dances I like this narrative that I'm going through of the guy that's hustling to get to where he needs to get but in the smoke how the smoke dances he realizes that the fastest way to get there is through the help of a very, very powerful and, and intelligent, beautiful woman. That's that's almost like smoke. And he's the only one who could have had her but didn't, and that's why he died, you know. Um, so, like, I have to think about that for myself, you know, what's relevant for me and what's not in my life. I have to... Is this relevant? Is this irrelevant? Is this relevant? Is this irrelevant? What do I focus on? What's relevant? What's relevant? What's relevant? What's relevant? Now and across time. So what's happening to me, like, I'll, like I want to take moments that, I, that are happening with me right now and translate them to this character that's also going to try to grow. Like right now, I would love to have, I think what would accelerate my networking efforts is having someone beside me who I know can handle a networking event and a group of people with me. That's something I would crave. That's something I would love. I would I would absolutely, absolutely love that. Go into a room with just one friend, one person that you know, this guy, you might not talk to him the entire night. He's gonna go and talk to people, you're gonna go and talk to people, he's gonna be having fun, you're gonna be having fun. And when people ask you who you're with, you're with the guy that's also having a lot of fun and he, he's with the guy that's also having a lot of fun. And if we're ever mixed in groups, we'd start mixing groups, we'd start uh, telling, introducing people to the people, you know, it's so important. Like when you have someone, like I had next to me uh, an Italian girl that was 34 years old who is a... UX designer. She's a user interface designer for applications and software. So you as an analyst trying to run a company or something, you're using her software to the way she designed it for you to find it the most intuitive way possible to do what you do. At the beginning she was in a corner by herself drinking wine and, and I talked to her with this other dude that was from Israel too. And he also mentioned Hummus, I think. Like, I don't get uh, <laughs> that, they're mentioning, mentioning too much hummus. I think it's code for something. <laughs> um, yeah, we talked and like then, then we sat somewhat next to each other and we started talking. Like, I actually wanted to know about user interface design. I wanted to know about that. Uh, so I Gained a lot of perspective from her, like she told me exactly what she was doing, how she was doing it, and for who and why, and because I'm a writer, what direction I can take that's also in line with UX uh, designing. But see, with me, my brother suggested that I should do freelance writing, or I, c I should do this and that. I don't think I can write for other people. I really don't think I can do that. Writing has always, 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 always been something for me. Even if I'm doing homework for someone or an essay, it's been, it's me doing it for me. Um, I can't, I think it would really affect my ability to write if I, I'm doing it for people 
that this isn't my book or my novel or, or something like that. I, I don't think I can do that. I, I say this now, but it's just that it's my writing, it's my style, it's me, it's, it's my identity, it's my brand. I can't sell that away so cheaply. And when I give it to other people, I take it away from myself. Um, it's mine. <laughs> I take it away from myself, really. I wouldn't have the energy to write the things that I need to write, you know, even though I'm not writing that much, I'm, I'm putting in a lot of notes, which I'm fine with. But um, writing, man. Writing, writing, writing. So first find a job, find an apartment, find a person that I can network with properly. Oh my God. A person that I can network with properly. Oh my God. Like that's such a multiplier, man. Like, would just be better if she was a girl that was enigmatic as fuck, helping you along. I'm just like trying to think about how they meet, how the two meet. How do they meet? I think it has to be a... But to say exactly what you need to say and when you need to say it, to show people exactly what you need to show, to get to exactly where you know you need to get. That's the character I want to write. How the fuck am I gonna do that without taking my life as a metaphor? Seeing your life as a metaphor. That's what my life can be, a metaphor. How can I influence thought? How can I change? People shouldn't be so scared of, of the things that are happening, you know? Like, how can you, like, I'm, I'm walking behind you in an auditorium with 70 other people for 15 minutes, and that is something that's intimidated you. Okay, like, psychologically, someone walking behind you will intimidate you, man. They're behind you. You don't see them. But I'm your leader, and with me, you will never be hurt. That's the point. I am doing what's best for the group and every individual in the group for the group to be the best it can be. At least that's what I think. And if the group can support me supporting it, then even better, you know, but at the beginning, respect. At the beginning, respect. So now to continue back hustling, meeting people and doing things, like this guy, uh, Jamaica, the guy that was in front of me is it's a musician and a fashion designer, the young Kanye West. He took my contact details and wrote to me, like right now. And I love that. I think that's a cool thing to, to do. Give people your contact details and have them get back to you. I, I hate the fact that I always had to make the first move with a girl, you know? I have to take her number and text her and maintain the texting and make her know I'm interesting enough through texting before she thinks about, oh, maybe I should meet up with him at some point. And I'm like, fuck, pu fuck putting all of that energy into anyone, really. And 
having people have the obligation to text you back just creates a really nice filter of the type of people that you want in your life people that aren't afraid of reaching back you know because i made it very clear that i'm willing to reach forward and allow you to reach back so do reach back if you don't that's your problem I can't have it on my plate. I'm talking to too many people at the same time for it to be an issue, you know. I have to, like, <laughs> I have to talk to more people and more people need to want to connect with me again. And tomorrow's the networking event and I'll go and I'll see and I'll need to identify people and tell them to come talk with me to the side because what I want to say is important and then actually talk to them. And show them like this is this is happening. But I wonder what type of people are going to be there. Are there going to be people that are actually business owners? And I want to see someone that I want to be like. You know, to look to someone and be like, I want to be like this guy. In one way or another, this guy has a quality that I like. Being around him is going to give that quality to me. I want to be around good people that give me good qualities. But then again, it's always qualities that I think I want to absorb. And those are the qualities that I absorb best, you know. But still, I, you absorb everything that you're exposed to in one way or another. Yeah, I really did, like, I talked to the HR lady for a long time. What a lovely lady, man started telling her about you know like i know i just played ping pong with that guy and, and you gave me your contact information and he gave me his card and blah 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 and it seems all well but like, even if this doesn't work out i'm not gonna stop you know like uh, i'll keep going i'll uh, i'm like a seed under concrete and i will grow i will grow i will grow i will grow and i said that so casually and so in place and so well you know and she took it so well too She's like, no, no, I hope this does work out, but if it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, uh, it's not, doesn't hurt to always stay in contact and stay in touch. Oh, I'm doing squats, by the way. Oh, shit. So, yeah. I need to be going to more events like this because I just fucking own events, man. Events are my shit. I don't know how I do it. I don't know how I start conversations with people. I don't know how I get on the same page with them so quickly. I don't know how I do any of that stuff. But like I've been practicing that consciously, step by step, little by little, since I could remember. And now I'm doing it really, really well. And it's funny because you forget to like. I remember when I first first started reading about body language and all of that. I used to. It used to be a very conscious thing that I. I think about, you know, like, oh, uh, this girl, you know, she just flicked her hair and licked her lips now, like, uh, okay, she's interested in me so much, should I kiss her now, should I kiss her later? Um, I don't know. I'm confused, regardless. And it was a very conscious thing, and I'm sure everyone thought about this in, in one way or another, but it was everything, you know, how someone opened their hands, how someone was being trustworthy or not trustworthy. Uh, this and that. Um, usually, yeah, I guess I, a good part of my ability to talk to anyone right now is the fact that I always was trying to talk to the hardest type of people I could talk to. And that is the most gorgeous, gorgeous girl, the most gorgeous girl in the room. Because that's the most terrifying person to ever talk to, not the CEO, not the billion dollar <laughs> dude. Ah, man, funny way to look at this, right? 
But if I'm not terrified to talk to her, I'm not going to be terrified of talking to anyone. Ah, people are people. Own your shit. Own your ideals and face them. That's how you do it. But it was such a conscious process and I it used to take energy. Now it's a feeling. Now I feel the, the vibe, the energy, where this person is coming from, their vibe. And I noticed often recently, which is weird, like I don't, I don't put any conscious effort into it. Now that I mentioned it, it's probably going to go away. <laughs> but I feel like I'd be, you know, standing in a certain way and talking to a group of people and realize like, oh, this person is mirroring my exact body language. But then again, am I mirroring his body language? You know, I feel like we're both in this together. I don't feel like we're, oh, I have to have you mirror my body language or, oh, you're mirroring mine. <laughs> I feel like we're in this together, you know, where it's nice that we're both in this together to the point that we're in sync uh, in a way that our bodies are standing the same way somewhat. And yeah. It feels it feels like a vibe. It feels like energy, uh, and energy. I'm, I'm moving as a collective, with that energy rather than just a singular thing, you know. But then you notice the singular things, like this girl, this woman, when she invited me for lunch, and then the face of hesitation and regret on her face instantly. I could have reacted to that quickly, but you know, it's good of me to have gotten this far. I think for something that I've done for literally the second time, because it was the second office I went to. I got rejected by the first two guys and I went to another guy and then I got sent to you and then like I got my win, you know? <laughs> you invited me for lunch, woohoo, I can leave. But no, like I came in to ask a question, like what would it take for me to be a trainer? And that's the question I didn't get answered, you fucking bitch. <laughs> oh man. That's the question I didn't get answered. But yeah, I have to own the city. That's, I'll keep saying that to myself, I don't give a fuck. Uh, the city's gonna be mine. I'm gonna fucking walk the street, and people are gonna be like, "Oh shit, it's this dude. It's Khalid Yassin." <laughs> There's no fucking way, dude. That that's not gonna be the case. Like this uh, city is mine. Like my situation can't get worse than this, you know. Like I, I'm on a mattress in a house with five, four people, three people. And there's always people, and but it's nice. It's a nice house. It's an apartment, and I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes, man. Fuck my life has to has to go somewhere. But it's funny how, like, once I paid attention to the fact that my energy with the podcast wasn't wasn't in line, and I came to that, you know, conclusion. I'm not limiting myself in the right way and I need to change up how I'm doing things. I need to let go of my conception of what episodes were in the past and try to keep a coherent line somewhat. I need to dump all of that information. And I dumped all of it in a hard disk. <laughs> yeah, when you clean up your laptop and you clean up your space, it clears up space in your mind somehow, man, really. I love it. So...
the joint is done, but I don't want it to be done. Why? Well, I'm almost home. I don't feel like going just yet. It's raining a little bit, but we're here together, right? I know you're listening. Yeah, what's, a, what's an investment I'm making? Better than any money anyone can spend on anything. I think just investing this time in, in, in this podcast and recording myself, my journey. <laughs> to have my life be a metaphor. To, to exist as an ideal. A real ideal, a person who really had to go through a lot. I had to really construct this guy who can talk to people the way he does and to connect and bond like that. And I think this is why a big part of me questions why people love me or like me. You like me because of the person I'm showing you right now. That suits your character. But at the same time, I'm enjoying it because it's showing a part of my character. You know, fine, it's, it's become more like that. But still, like, what qualities about me really do you make make you like me? You know, am I worth that? Do I deserve that? How quickly will I lose that? So it doesn't feel real. It feels really detached. And I found it very hard to find, you know, people who would uh, appreciate me. But I feel that more and more now. You know, these people do care about me in their life as a, as a character just being and doing what what he does you know they can find in me they tell me stuff and i tell them stuff and it's it's beautiful man somehow now i'm glad i can connect like that because i feel like all my life all i've ever wanted to do was connect and i was never really capable of doing that i was always trying really really hard to connect in every way man and i guess like trying so hard to get this thing and, and to connect and, and to, to bond and play and, and all of that and to have people see me and me seeing them. What am I, what is it that I want people to see, you know? Do I want them to see the guy who is, oh, he's successful or do I want them to see the guy who is I want to see the re- I want them to see my relationship with myself I guess <laughs> I guess yeah how I treat myself how I control myself how, how the process of me changing how things change and not the, the change itself and I have people in my life who see that I guess but still trying so hard, like uh, I can only hope that when, when I do get, like I'm getting this connection, but like when I do get a proper, proper connection, that I'll feel it and appreciate it, you know, and not discard it so quickly. Um, or I don't know what to expect from it, you know, you just don't know what to expect from it. You don't know what to expect from anything. And I just hope that I can be the type of person who can just, sure, make the most out of it, but. Uh, 
it's not always about making the most out of it and fearing of, of missing out from a moment. Sometimes it's just okay as it is. I don't have to keep making moments special in my head in any way or, or you even. So to see a really real, very real person with feelings but very different, try to go on about life without any fear and, and to just talk to people and see what the fuck happens. A guy who's willing to face things and willing to see good in people. And sure, I, I see bad in some. Sometimes you have to act very differently, very quickly. Uh, showing people different sides of you when, when you're in different situations. What side do I want them to see? Ha 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 ha. Doesn't feel like an act. It felt like an act for a while. But right now I'm just genuinely enjoying myself with these people. Like, why would I for a second be afraid? Why would I for a second be afraid of any of you? What the fuck? Should I lose? Like, what the fuck can I lose? What the fuck can I lose, man? Really? Alhamdulillah, I have my health. I have my health. I'm a healthy person and I, I can move and I hopefully won't get sick anytime soon. But uh, I have that. I have that more than anything, you know, and I can stand tall and proud because of that when I'm around people. And whatever you say, you will never hurt me. There's nothing to be hurt. And because I have a healthy body, alhamdulillah, I get to keep going, I get to move, and I get to move, and I get to keep making mistakes and moving and making mistakes. And hopefully, you know, so far, thank God, I never had a mistake that was irreversible. You know, I never had a mistake that, uh, sure, I, I got cancer, I got sick, but now I'm better. I'm, I'm, I'm like, perfect, there's nothing wrong with me. So it, it was just completely a temporary, reversible thing, you know, every bad thing that happened was somehow not terrible enough for me not to be able to continue. I was still able to continue, alhamdulillah. And I think that's it, you know, just how are you going to continue? And what different representation of energy are you going to follow? You can give up and fall and die, or you can rise up and be more. But as you gain more, you will lose more, and you'll someday lose it all and still fall, because you're, it's life. Everything that comes, goes. Just like we will rise, we will fall, and something else will take our place. But we will be the backbone of everything that comes after us. And let it be a good one. Let it be a good one. Let's let this be a good one. Let's let this run of life taking its course be a good one. Not a speed run. <laughs> Let's have it be a good one, really. I think that's up to us, you know, and we can do something about it, at least in our immediate environment. We can do stuff about it, guys. At least what we can do. I believe in that, man. Like really the depths of, of human consciousness that we can experience and go deep into as a collective. Wow. I think the things that we can I think the things that we can create 
This is why I really think it's important to get uh, the Arabic culture back, you know? We, we have, I, I see this artist in us, you know? I see this artist that's trying to find its way within this collective unity that's us, these nations. And it's a very, very different type of artist than all the artists out there, you know? It's, it's not an artist that's being expressed in any sort of media. And it's not being let spread out. And, and I feel like haram, you know? Like there's, uh, there's an artist in each and every one of us that's not allowed to express himself or herself. And we find ways to, to do that. And they're not usually the right ways and they're not usually completely us, but they're ways that we, try, we can take to try to explore what, what's us to begin with. You know, we don't get the opportunity to express enough to figure that out at all. So what direction am I going to take? And then I'm in that type of culture where there's not much you can do. There's no space where you can go to a park and relax like I'm doing right now and record the podcast. You don't get this type of silence in Jordan ever. What you do get to do is drink a lot with your friends or go to restaurants and eat. And that's all what people do. And that's the only direction they get to be expressive of themselves around the same people or just different people for novelty or different food for novelty or a different bar for novelty or a different drink for novelty. And it's okay, not just that. You know, of course you have other things a lot of other people do, but then, then people start smoking pot because that's also cool, you know, pot's nice. But you smoke pot in Jordan and you get caught with that. You know, basically no one trusts any of their friends in the entire country because everyone's just fucking afraid of getting caught smoking pot or being told on by your closest friends <laughs> that you smoke. So like me admitting I smoke on, on a podcast is, is a big deal for them. You know, this is why I can't go back to, to Jordan. People will start treating me different once they, they find out that, oh, this guy is a regular smoker. But I still don't think that they will, you know. <laughs> I, I'm too much of a... I have to be more of an enigma for it to be okay to do what I do without anyone question it, questioning it. But I have to have an impact alongside of that so that what I do that's different justif is justified by the good that I'm doing by being that different. Just like Elon Musk smoking pot on uh, Joe Rogan. I think that's like podcast goals, man. Like how someone, you know, I'll have Elon Musk's son on my podcast within 30 years. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, smoke pot with me and stuff. But like, I don't think the podcast is just going to be this, you know, really like I'm thinking about the things that I can do. Like a type of game TV show where we just play these different types of games. And actually, you know, like really like games that I have in mind, not not anything like Saw, but more like I'll keep it a surprise for now, keep it a surprise. But like it, it can be anything and the only limit to how it can grow is uh, what I limit it to. And, you know, learning how different formats of things can work is, is nice and I should do that. I should do that. Yeah, I still feel like I want to go, but I don't want to go. What do I do? It's 2.50 in the morning. Fuck. And I don't have a key.
fuck. Damn. Damn, it's time to head back. It's time to call it a night. Got people depending on me. Got... Yeah, they have to open the door for me, seriously. <laughs> all this talk, all this ego going out. Now I'll be trapped outside. Yeah, funny thing, like, yeah, actually, like, a part of me is happy that I'm, I'm this type of character at this point in time. I really have to face this city, and I think I need this type of confidence to go on about it with it. Otherwise, you really don't get anywhere. I, I really believe that I will own the city, man. There is nothing stopping me from getting really far here. There are, There is really no barrier. And if there is one, I'll tell you guys about it, and I'll just tell myself that it's in my head. Because that's what it is. It's all in your head. This entire game you fucking play with yourself day and night. It's all in your fucking head. And it is only in your head. And it is nowhere else. But then it seeps out from in your head and it affects your life. Slowly. Because that's the world you're creating. Body and mind. Body and mind. So everyone does have their own God and it is the relationship you have with your own world. What type of relationship are you going to have? Do you want to understand it and appreciate it because it's you? And you have to be understanding towards yourself? Or do you want to keep repeating the same cycle over and over again? You tell me. You tell me.